It was a snippet of a song. Um, it was a snippet of a song that like nobody could figure out the, who the song who made the song. It was the dude on TikTok that always be dancing to the Detroit music and like showing the yeah like, the random stuff in the background. And the 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 bars was kind of fire, and so was the beat, bro. It was like uh, told the shorty. Uh, told the shorty it's either got to be my way or I ain't going. Just cop the brick and hit the highway. It's finna start snowing and like I was like, I think what? I think that's an RMC mic song. I think that's RMC mic. I, I mean, it was the, whoever was rapping. It sounded like a white boy because I I know RMC mm. mic voice from a mile away. Like you okay. know certain voices. You know RMC mic. You know Rio. You know why? Yeah. You hear them. Even Pac Man, you hear Insider, you hear their voice, you like, oh yeah, yeah, I know who this is. But it sounds like a random white dude rapping. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm gonna just tell you, I'm gonna just tell you, I'm, I'm real skeptical of white rappers right now, man. I was listening to that one that Sada Baby put on, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> I don't even know what you talk about. I'm gonna I'm send you his music after the show. I was just like, hey, Sada, don't do this to yourself, my brother. <laughs> he may be a gorilla. He may be the realest, but you need to keep him in the back with the hitters. You do not need to have him near a mic. But that's another story for another time. Fellas, how y'all doing, man? It's, it's, it's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without a dope beat. The step two, step two, step never mind. Anyway, hey, right, how y'all right, doing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling yeah, good, side, man. Side. Uh, we can't do that. <laughs> I might as well Chris put a always, Yay album up back here. Chris always trying to get us banned, man. Chris always trying to get us in trouble. <laughs> this man is a menace. I, I just I don't know what to do with him no more, man. We finna put out an ad. Uh, if you need a podcast host, we have one of them. We have one. Just know he will get your clean rate and snaps. Just be very aware of that. But fellas, we we got a lot to go over today, man. We there has been. A ton of things going on in the sports world since the last time we talked. I mean, so much that it's some things that we're not even going to get to. For example, UNC basketball being the fastest team to drop from number one to unranked ever. Ever. Man. Never seen it before. And we're not even going to get to that. Why? Because we got the NBA going on. Teams making turnarounds. We got uh, Deion Sanders saying, Boulder country. Let's ride. I'm joking. I'm joking. He did not say (laughs) He did not say Buffs country, let's rob. He, he did tell him, boys, he did tell him he bringing his own luggage with him and it's Louis. So he told them boys, y'all the cheap luggage. Y'all the luggage that, you know, lasts for a trip and a half and you supposed to get rid of it, but your mom will put some duct tape on it because y'all broke. <laughs> y'all don't know about that. We're going we gonna to push mm-hmm. right past it. And we got a ton of things to talk about today because when I tell you the sports world has been on fire. The Lions have been on fire. The NFC South is now the new NFC East. Uh, Aaron Judge, yeah. where is he going? Is he, you know, they they saying that he the AL home run king. He want to get the real thing. He said he want to get the real thing. He want to go out there and beat Barry's record on Barry's team. So we got a ton to talk about today. That, does that sound like a good show to y'all? Sound good to me. All right. Well, let's let's get right on into it, man. What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Acts crew. We got the master, the mix, and master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC. That's me, Ken Gibbs. Now, fellas, we always got to start off with a would, would you rather. And uh, today's would you rather. Or or would you? It's a, it's a situation. Honestly, I'll be seeing these a lot on um what's that on TikTok where the dude is like uh 
where this the bald white dude, and he's always like caveats and explanations at the end. His his are pretty good, but like not really because it always be some easy stuff like, oh, would you roll a six sided die? But like if it lands on these numbers, like you're you're gonna die or something like that, and it's like five of them be great, and then it'd be like, oh, if you roll a one, you die, and I'm like. Duh, I'm gonna roll it back. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, like I'm gonna regret my decision. Bro, it, it's like, oh yeah, number six, <laughs> you get the powers of Dr. Manhattan. Number five, you get the powers of Superman. Number four, you become a billion the richest man on earth. Number three, you get a billion uh become a billionaire. I'm just like, bro, what? Yeah. There is the chances of me, oh, number two is a zombie apocalypse, and number one is the the earth cease to exist. I'm like, bro, there's one choice that's bad there. Like a zombie apocalypse is the only bad thing that could happen there. If we all stopped existing, we wouldn't know. It's just nothing. We just right. it. bye. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I digress. Anywho, today's question, fellas. Would you take $10 million right now if it meant you had to be paralyzed at 60? Talk to me. I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say definitely, yeah. Now, wait, again. So, wait, just to be sure, we're talking paraplegic, right? Yes. So, no motion from the neck down. Correct. It's like, does my voice still sound like this, though? Like, can I still, like, talk normal? Or like- yeah, you, you can talk normal. You still you. Just nothing from here. Down works. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, I'd be All cool right. with that. I thought the ten million dollars now. I, I feel like I'm not going to sell myself short, but at the same time, the likelihood of me of uh, of me amassing ten million before I'm sixty, the odds are fairly low. And I feel like once I get to that, my point in life, once I hit sixty, I can get my affairs in order. I can live as much as I want to live up until that point at a at a you know somewhat moderate um level of luxury. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I've always told myself my over under is at 70. So struggling for 10 years. I'm up 27. I've been struggling for 27 of them. So <laughs> I feel like I feel like 10 and I got some bread and I can get my family together. I think I'd be all right. I tell people all the time, it's nothing worse than like going from be- having money to being broke. Because it was like people who lived in my neighborhood who like used to have money and then they got broke. Man. Yeah, when I was a kid, my pops made like bread, bread. And then he, he got laid off and went through a divorce. Man, we will for me. Ruth Chris, the uh, hamburger helper dog. I was that's, that's the thing, bro. That's the thing. I, I thank my mom because I was always, we was always in the trenches. We was trenches. <laughs> I never, you know what I mean? It was never like, oh my God, we got to go to Plymouth Square. No. It was just like, oh yeah, we're going to grandma house. But yeah, okay, Chris, you taking the 10 mil or or, or you just living life and you're going to take your chances? Man, that's actually a tough one, Gears, for me, man. I'm sitting here thinking. Um, so this is what I'm thinking, though. Let me let me tell you all my thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. It, it comes down to this. Is money the true meaning to my happiness or is me doing what I want to do physically the true meaning to my happiness, you know? And that's why it's hard for me to answer that question because it's like, yeah, money is a big part of being happy to me, but it's not the only thing to happy. Like, you know, at 60, I want to be that old head at LA Fitness dropping buckets, you know? At 60, I want to be able to slap some skis on and still go to the top of the mountain, go down the mountain, you know? At 60, I want to be able to, you know, go on a cruise, walk around with the sun shining, 
But then again, you give me 10 million now. Nah, I could do all that now. Nah. And then, you know, at 60, be like, oh, I, I did everything I could possibly do. Uh, I don't think I'll quit my job for 10 million right away. It'd be like a, I ain't dealing with certain stuff at my job. Like when they bring something little to me, it's like, listen, bro, you know who I am. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not dealing with certain <laughs> stuff. And I'm not dealing with certain people. It's like, why are you talking to me? You know, but personally, I think I, I think I, I, I won't take the 10 million. I, I, I don't want to be paralyzed. I don't want to be paralyzed. I feel like that, that'll be lead me to more unhappy days than 10 million would lead to happy days right now. But to y'all point, I ain't never been down bad, bad to the point where it's like, I, I never want to be here again. I've never been down there. I need y'all to understand something because I just looked up these statistics and it's even worse than I thought. The average lifespan of black men in general, 68. So I know that that's bought down drastically by like violent crime, suicide, all that. I understand, you know, men are more likely to die by suicide. Men work more dangerous jobs, you know, more likely to be involved in gang activity and all that. But then I looked up the average lifespan of college football players, and there was no data for college football players. However, former NFL players, the average age of living is 59 and a half. Um, Don't get me wrong. I never played it down in the league, but let's just say, let's just use logic here. Playing 17 years of the game that's getting them up out the paint at 59 and a half. I'm sure that like I ain't too far beyond like 63, 64. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 mil for that man. Sign me <laughs> up. I I would I don't want to sound morbid or anything like that, but 60 sound like a good run to me. And and also and also, let me ask you this: Have either one of y'all ever seen the movie Ghost Rider? Yeah, yeah. That's another reason I'm gonna take the break because we're all assuming that we're all gonna live like healthy lives and all. His dad got a clean bill of health and died the next day. Like, yeah, we. You know what I mean, like, yeah, hey, give me that. I mean, yeah, you could die anytime, but still, at the same time, like, if if you're not struggling now and you can, you know, your trajectory, like, in ten years from now, you're gonna be making good money where you could do what you want to do. Why even risk being 60 and paralyzed to me? That's how I look at it. I mean, again, at the, at the end of the day, you know what I mean? I got two surgically repaired Achilles. Who's to say I'm not going to be anywhere? Maybe not the whole. <laughs> maybe not the whole joint. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't going to have people wiping me, but, you know, I'm just saying, man. Y'all are going to be Charles from Diary of Mad Black Woman. That's y'all <laughs> you, you know the difference I see here? Chris grew up with some bread. That's that's the difference yeah, in these viewpoints. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Bro, I like, even grow up with bread though. Like, I don't know what sixty year old <laughs> as a kid that was out here just having a good time. That day life was that crazy. I know, <laughs> I'm like, I know plenty though. I know plenty. Like I, I look at my pops, and like I told y'all before the show, my pops fifty six. Right? If he told me he was paralyzed from the neck down in four years, I'd be like, pops, you just went. It, it was just ATV riding in Cabo. Like, what? What happened? Like, how, how did this happen? Again, I think I think I'm burnt mm. out this old Duracell uh, battery of a body on beating double team, <laughs> all that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, 
But I'm going to tell you, though, I'm going to tell you, though, I would be sick if I'm like the one that God decided like, oh, <laughs> you're going to live till you 85. <laughs> Your family going to be around you. Talking about, oh, <laughs> how are you? Like till, you know, that's a, that's a tough time. That's a that's a real tough time there. But on to less morbid things. We got to talk about some fun stuff. We got to talk about some sports. And um, this is this is a, a great time of the year because we're finally seeing the NBA get going for real. We're seeing the NBA get going in a serious manner. And folks, there have been some turnarounds, which, by the way, I, I'm going to just say this. I told everybody when everybody's like, oh, my God, the Lakers are going to be the worst team in the NBA and, da, 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 and the Pelicans going to get the number one pick. I told everybody, y'all are smoking crack. That is not they're <laughs> not going to be this bad for this long. Like you're you're talking about a, a team led by LeBron without LeBron and also uh, figuring out situations with Russ and all that good stuff, whatever. But anyway, the Nets are firmly in the playoff picture as the sixth seed in the East. The Warriors have positioned themselves that if the play-in started tomorrow, they would be the last team in as the 10 seed. And the Lakers are only one and a half games away from the Warriors, but they're eight and two in their last 10. So of the three teams that we're talking about right now, they have the best win-loss in their last 10. Fellas, which turnaround is most surprising? And do you think that all three of these teams sustain it? Um, to me, the most surprising turnaround uh, is, is the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. The Warriors don't surprise me because they're defending champions, regardless of how poorly they started the season. I still don't know what Steve Kerr is doing with their rotations, but they have the talent and they have the experience in the chemistry to get it done. Uh, the Lakers, regardless of how bad their supporting cast is, which a couple have been playing decent the past few games, some some unexpected pieces, um, might I add. But at the same time, you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who's playing like a big man for the first time in nine years. Um, is you know is it's not surprising they can they can get some wins, especially winning games that they're supposed to win. Do I think they can beat the heavy hitters in a series? No. Uh, the net surprised me because one, Ben Simmons isn't what he once was supposed to be, but he's also acting like he's not scared of the basketball and he's done a good job of facilitating. And when he's open or he can make a layup, he's done it as opposed to immediately looking for a pass. Um, Kyrie has just went out there and and, and played basketball, and we we know that Kevin Durant can hoop, but the um. The, the chemistry and the way that he's been working around, because a lot of times with that Nets rotation, Kevin Durant is the only person on the floor out of those three-star players. And I feel like he's been playing really well with a lot of those second-unit pieces. And after, you know, after he essentially called them trash, I'm, I'm surprised to see them have uh, that good of chemistry on the floor. So I think all three of these teams make the playoffs. They all keep it together. I think Brooklyn and Lakers end the season around like a probably a 7-8 seed. I know I have Brooklyn a little higher. Going into it, and I think the Warriors you finish around. I got, I got the list. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the Warriors, uh, look, looking at the way that the West looks right now, I still see the Warriors finishing in one of those top four seeds for home court in at least the first round. You you want to bring up your Clippers? Uh, just, just You had a number one seed on the <clears throat> You want to bring a up that? number one seed. <laughs> and again, one, one, the Clippers making the playoffs, they'd be fine too. I told y'all, I thought the Clippers was dookie, but I thought they had a good regular season team put together. 
And again, everybody looked at me like I was crazy because all of the national talking heads, this this Clippers team, they looking like a one seed. This is a, you know, sure, <laughs> this is a one seed team. You know, this is, this is a team. They, they're not the Lakers, but. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The the the, the Los Angeles Clipper, Ka- Kawhi Leonard, look, look, Paul Paul George, Paul George. What's what's the visa 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 Subasa, uh down there? Grab rebounds. Uh, third points. Third. You know, you know, Coach Ty Lue. I love Ty Lue. Ty Lue is a good. He a good guy. He called good play. This this is a team to look out for. Mm. First and foremost, I want to say that Kawhi Leonard means the world to the game of basketball. And, and I've seen him outside of the gym and what he means to the world professionally. <laughs> and yeah, I told everybody that this Clippers team, I, I don't know where everybody, again, I'm a big John Wall guy. I'm a big John Wall. I told everybody that he should have been playing and that the Rockets were, were tanking on purpose to get good picks. And that's the only reason he wasn't playing. But I did not think, oh, John Wall in the building? Yeah, you got yourself a one seat. Yeah. Uh, that's he's the difference. He's gonna be the guy to take you over the top. I'm and just now, saying you you got a team, you got a roster full of players that know how to win meaningless basketball games. Absolutely. Absolutely. But what you also have is uh your star player is not gonna play the majority of your games. That's True. that's the reality. That's Everybody talking about if Kawhi is healthy. If talking about if Kawhi is healthy is like watching Diary of a Mad Black Woman saying Charles was a good man if he chose to treat Helen better. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, he would have been a good man if he would have did that. But guess what? He didn't. He, he ain't healthy. So that's just the reality there. But anyway, Chris, which one of these turnarounds has been most surprising to you? Uh, the Lakers one isn't really surprising. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. The Lakers are doing what they should be doing. Like, I know the roster isn't assembled to win a lot of deep playoff run basketball because you need shooting, and they don't really have no knockdown shooters. But you got LeBron and AD. Like, do people forget that LeBron and AD at one point was, like, so far ahead of every other duo in the league that it wasn't even close? Like, Like, LeBron and AD at one point, their plus minus was like a plus 47 and the next best group was like a plus 17 the next best duo yeah i like, think like, that season it was d mitch and, and gobert was second exactly like that's how far ahead lebron and ad were so i don't know why people were surprised and i mean everybody in the and they mama even people that don't watch basketball have told anthony davis if you get down low and play like a seven footer yep. like you are you will get some success Stop shooting the three. And if you look at it, his three-point percentage hasn't moved. His mid-range percentage went up a little bit. But his field goal percentage has shot up because he got down low. He's playing basketball I mean, down and, low and, like and, a and this, In this streak that he's been balling the way he has, he shot a total of four threes, I believe. But yeah. I, And you know what? I'm going to say this. And I'm going I'm to say this about the game. And I'm going to leave it right here. Again, that moment with the Nuggets where everybody went to the three-point line. With a chance to win by a layup. <laughs> that was the moment where I think a lot of people in the NBA said, All right, enough. We've gone too far. We've gone. There was a four on one fast break with a guard under the rim to win the game, and everybody went to the three point line. Yeah. Now, with that being said, let me tell you this about Anthony Davis. And, and I'm, I'm going I'm to tell y'all this. I'm not going to lie to y'all. You know what I mean? 
I was kind of scared. I was worried about these Lakers. I was worried because it wasn't just that they were losing. It was the way in which they were losing. It wasn't like they were losing because of health. They had everybody there. They were just bad. Pat Beverly. Well, LeBron was, missed like seven, eight games. Well, yeah, but I'm saying when they first started the season, everybody oh, was healthy yeah, yeah. and they were still toilet water. There was still all these guards getting high against. I'm just like, what is going on? I was worried. I'm not gonna lie. I said, oh boy, yeah. this is not this Lakers take is gonna age poorly. It's gonna age very poorly for me. But they've they figured it out and they've turned it around. And I'm gonna tell you, Russell Westbrook accepting this role off the bench. Everybody keep talking about, well, now he looks good and he has trade value. Why would you trade him? He's accepting the role, and not only is he accepted the role, he's dominating in the role. Yeah. You at this point, keep him. Keep him and say, hey, listen, you are the second team offense. You are the guy. You may not be a starter, but baby, you're gonna be the finisher when we need when it when it come that time, you going there's gonna be some moments when you're the finisher. And also the other thing that that I kind of like, the only reason that this wasn't surprised, the only reason that the Lakers wasn't surprised. Because to me, the Nets, you play in the East. The the East, regardless of what you want to say about them and how much better they've gotten recently, like, I'm sorry, but other than the Heat, there are no bad teams that I'm surprised that they're bad. The Magic, the Pistons, the Hornets, the, the Bulls, the Wizards, I'm, all of them, the Knicks, I expected them to be bad. The, right. the Heat are the only ones I'm like, Hey, what's what's going on there? What's what's happening there? No, no, so, no, no. The, the the Nets is the one that I am surprised about, though. Actually, Gibbs, you know. I mean, I, I I knew that at some point in time that talent was gonna figure it out. Like, regardless of what Kyrie is, at some point in time he was going to come back and play. And I'm I don't believe he's playing right now, right? He's still suspended, or no, no, no. He playing. He's playing. Oh, okay. I, I knew at some point in time he was going to come back. And I knew at some point in time, with all the stuff that we talk about Ben Simmons, at some point in time, like, he was going to have to do something. He he wasn't going to be the Baker Mayfield of the NBA. Like, he was going to do something at so, some so point here, in time. It, here's why I'm surprised that the Nets, though, Gibbs. When you look at that Nets team, right, who mm-hmm. would you classify as the leader? Like, who would you KD. say? Right. When has mm-hmm. we ever seen KD lead a team? But that's the thing. I don't think that he can lead them to a championship. But do I think that he can lead them to a pretty good regular season? Yeah. yeah. I'm when has he KD ever lead. led a team to a pretty good regular season? I mean, uh, the, every no, season no, ever? No, couple, no, yeah, no, no, he's, no. He's a he's a great player on a team that has a dominant force in the locker room. When he was on OKC. Russ was the leader in that locker room. Russ was the guy getting the people faces, telling people what they need to be accountable, holding people accountable. But but, but that's that's like saying Draymond is the leader of Golden State because he does that for them. Like, yes, there's there's different types of leaders. There's leaders by word, right. and there's leaders by deed. When I played, I wasn't a big talker. I wasn't the guy that was always in there by, hey, you can do this, you can do it. I just went out there and did my thing. And, and you fo- right. if you don't know which way to go, I'll make it easy. Follow me. And KD has done that. And, and here goes another reason why I'm surprised at the Nets too, right? All the turmoil from the offseason, yeah. I didn't think this would really pan out. And then with KD comments about his team, enhanced me to even think he's less of a leader. And it's even making it even messier in the locker room. And then on top of that, Steve Nash got fired. You know, I was like, all of that happened in a matter of a week. 
and they turn this around, and then can't Kyrie got suspended the following week after all that happened. So I mean, I, was like, I, I just don't think it surprised me because if you look at the sport of basketball, regardless of what long term success the Nets is going to have, a team that that's talented is going to win games. I don't think we ever seen a team that talented just like not have a good regular season. And I and I told y'all, and the Warriors are not surprising me at all because I told y'all before the season this is the last year of the Warriors dynasty. This is the last one. This is this is it. This is all they got. But the thing about the Warriors, though, I agree with you, Gibbs. But they got so many assets. Why are they? If you have Stephen Curry in the peak of his career shooting backward shots from three point line, full court football pass shots. I don't know if it was real or not, but really shooting full court football shots and cashing five in a row. You got him at his peak of his powers. Why are they holding on to all of these assets? They got like 17 assets as far as draft capital and yeah. players. Why are you holding on to all this? I, I, I just, I think that Golden State is really uh, stuck on holding on to that culture that they have and trying to groom these young pieces into taking the roles of you know Steph Clay and Draymond because they know that the end is near. That's that's what I think they're hoping for. So I think they want I think they looking at that next group, you know, to be Jordan Poole, uh Kaminga, Moody. That that's like saying we holding on to all these assets because LeBron came back to the Cavs. So we holding on to all these young guys and not going to get no veterans around them. We got time to work on Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> LeBron is 31, 32 at the peak of his powers coming off of championships. Gonna, I mean, but, but if, culture. if, if you think about it, that's, that's what Golden State did the first time. And they just happened to get lucky. I'm just Steph, Clay, and regular. Draymond was the, was the young dogs, and you know, it was giving the ball to Bogut and David Lee and Monte Ellis. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Lightning only strikes once. The, correct. You are not going to see another Stephen Curry walk through that door for a, at least, at least 20 to 30 years. I don't think we see another Steph Curry in our lifetime. Nah. But wa- nah. watch this. Let me take it a step further. Uh, the combination of a Steph and a Clay is never happening again. We're never going to see two no. players that are that good at shooting the basketball and they complement each other in that way. That right. One of them is great off the dribble. He can give it to you any way you want it. And 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 the other guy is the the definition of catch and shoot. Put didn't he put up like what forty seven with fifteen dribbles or something no. crazy like no, that? No, he put up sixty. Sixty on on eleven dribbles. 16 11 11 dribbles. And, and, and seven of those dribbles was on one possession when he drove to the rack. But that that is my exact point. You will never, ever see that again. Like, you'll never see it. You're, this is just, again, if, if Clay Thompson played on another team, I have no doubt. He wouldn't be pushing Steph for the uh, all-time lead in, in threes, but he would be up there in that upper echelon, that 2-3 range in terms of three yeah. made if he was on a team where he was the number one scoring option I have no doubt in my mind about that yeah. it just didn't again you're playing with Steph Curry like you know that's the way it worked out so I, I figured that they were going to turn around at some point in time but you can't you can't keep assets and hope that you're going to get and, that again because I'm sorry I got the perfect trade scenario I got the perfect trade scenario for, for Golden State too right so you got to look at this right look at the teams that, that are struggling right now right Mm-hmm. What do, what does Golden State need the most? What y'all both think Golden State needs the most? Uh, I think they need some bigs. I think they really need uh, some good bigs. Yeah, I think they okay. need. <clears throat> I, I wouldn't. 
I mean, you could say it. You could say it in in the form of a big, but I think they just they need a really good hybrid defender. Because if you look at they paint, if you look at their perimeter and they paint defense, Draymond is the only one that's like playing elite level defense this season. So, so that's what I was thinking. They need a good elite four or a good a, a, a smaller size five that can switch onto multiple positions, right? That that's what yeah. I think they need the most because Andrew Wiggins shown he could be a good, great wing defender, but he struggles guarding like fours and fives. Right. Right. So, so, so hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Right. You got a lot of assets, right? A lot of assets, right? Memphis is a team, right? That they play good regardless who's on the floor, right? They play good regardless who's on the floor. But they're a young team and they got a lot of time. They know they're they not there yet, but they're knocking at the door, right? You yeah. got a young stud in Jordan Poole. You also got James Wiseman that I think as he gets back into it, even though he got sent to the G League, he could be a solid off-the-bench center, right? Solid off-the-bench center. Jared Jackson hasn't been healthy for Memphis, and also he's required to be the third option in Memphis. You bring Jared Jackson over to the Warriors, and now you got a you could play five out, and you got a a, a four or five that can guard the four or five and the three sometimes. Hey, Chris, stop it. <laughs> that makes that team a lot better. I, 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 I think I think Jaron Jackson fits Golden State system, fits, but I would I wouldn't trade pieces. I wouldn't I wouldn't give up pieces for Jaron Jackson. I don't think Memphis will give him up. Well, if you trade pool, two draft picks, and Kaminga and Wiseman, I think you get Jaron Jackson. Golden State would be crazy to do that. I, well, I was just about to say that's. That, I mean, if you I mean, th- talking that package, sure. But I don't think <laughs> right for that package, but, but, I might give you burn. But 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 I'm saying you still keep Wiggins, Draymond, and Clay and Curry. You keep that culture that you t- talked about, Guyton, and you get Jan Jackson. So you so you keep a two and a half wash players. If I was Memphis and they offered me that much, I'd throw Glorilla in there. No, just, <laughs> yes. I, I agree with you. It is, a, it, is, it is a lot, but you got to remember, he's a young talent that is going to flourish in Memphis' office and help them in a the long-term plan. But you go all in on something like that because Curry is in his prime. If you get a chip out of it, it don't matter. Don't nobody talk about Anthony Davis' trade to the Lakers. Nobody talk about it because they got a chip. Like, yeah, it was. They gave up a lot, but they got a chip out of it. If you get another chip out of it, Curry. If Curry get that, do, do people realize if Curry get one more ring, he's in the conversation of like, okay, like because he shot the ball this good, he might actually be in the Michael Jordan conversation. Like if Curry stop gets it. another ring, if stop he gets it. another ring, Gibbs. Hey, hey, Chris, stop it. If he get, get, get if he get another Chris. ring like he just got this ring, if he get Chris, another ring like he it. just got this ring, Gibbs. Chris, he in the Michael Jordan conversation, dude. Okay, Chris, let's let's knock this off for one reason and one reason only. <laughs> no, okay, nah, nah, nah. there's let's hear there's a difference. There's a difference between. Okay, let me just ask you this, Chris. How many Finals MVPs does Steph have? He only has one. He only has one. Right. Okay, I, I got a counter argument for that though. So he ahead. has as many as Andre Iguodala. He has as many as Chauncey Billups. He has as many as Tony Parker. Young, my brother in Christ, I'm sorry to tell you this. You, it's it's a reality that when you look at what Steph did, I'm not saying that you look at him and say, oh, you can replace Steph with any old body and they win all of those championships. Absolutely not. But for the ones where KD was there, the, the, there's a very real argument for you can replace yeah, Steph with a mid-level player definitely, definitely, and they still win that chip. But, but my argument right now, right? 
How many final MVPs Kobe got? Kobe got what? Two, three? Two. Two. If Steph wins this year and he's the reason why they win like he was last year, you telling me he not in the Jordan conversation. You telling me he not in the Jordan conversation. Christopher Allen. No. No. Guy, guy, work with me, man. Work, guy, I no. see your face over there. If, You're being neutral, but... If he wins he this year... I will be ready to crown Steph as the best point guard of all time, and I oh, think yeah, he, I, th- sure. I think and I think I he's mean, und- I think he's undisputed top ten. Uh, I got him in top ten already, think, but a lot of people aren't willing to put it in now. there. I think he's he top, top ten now. now. If he is, if he carried his team from starting off the season bad to being the Finals MVP this year, I'm sorry. He's in the conversation that what he did to the game. Think about the narrative. What he did to the game as a shooting point guard, undersized, can play off the ball, can play on the ball, can shoot. As soon as he steps on the court, you got to guard him. Got everybody modeling their game after he is. I mean, you, you, you bring up a very you, you bring up a very valid point, and when you look at it from that like scope, you can say yeah. But we all watch like Steph's entire career. Just of you, you can't put him in a goat convo. I don't know, man. That man yeah, had entire year, man. that man had entire seasons, entire seasons in the beginning of his career, entire season where he was. I agree. On. To be. I agree. Not only he wasn't counted on to be a LeBron, to be a Jordan, to be he wasn't even counted on to be their first option for seasons. I agree, Gibbs. For se- I agree. Man. But a lot of think of all the players that came into that that position where that team actually they gave you the keys to the castle, right? And how many people folded? Think about how many people folded. He could have folded. He could have gave up after all injuries. You know, he could have gave up all injuries. But he got five with two finals MVPs. That's the same thing Kobe got. Literally. Christopher Jadarian, <laughs> but please. but you know it's not the same. Please, you you watch Kobe it's win the rings the and you watch Steph win the rings. It ain't and the same. Me, and let me let you in on this. And I I hate to be this guy, but it has to happen. All of the guys that we're talking about on that pantheon, on that you're the guy on that LeBron, Jordan, Kobe conversation in that ball game. All of them either have a Defensive Player of the Year, they made an All Defense Team. Or they, we know they were robbed of a defensive player of the year, a la Mark Gasol not being the best defender on his team and winning it over LeBron because the NBA didn't want to give yeah. too many trophies to LeBron. At the end of the day, for as dynamic, for as great, for as game-changing, you got to alter your game plan. You got people double-teaming at the logo, two guys with their hands up. I give them that. I give them that all day and tomorrow. You cannot be on that conversation in that pantheon unless you average it 40 a game or you got to play both ways. And he didn't either. I, I agree with you. I agree. I was me personally. He would be he would probably be five for me personally. But if somebody argued it, I would I could see their argument. I could see their argument. If somebody argued it, is what I'm saying. Ooh, I'm saying he the, didn't argue. The mayor, he's the mayor said. He's the mayor said he been playing like the sixty year old. He said he been out there. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 young bucks. They got me running off these screens. You know, my my wife. She can't cook that good. She got. A, I, I got her a cooking show just because I love her. But she can't cook that good. I ain't got that energy. We run around these screens. Now hold on. Damn, we got to switch it. But anywho, um, I honestly and truly, I. I I'm not surprised by these teams turning it around because we all know in the NBA is always going to be 
young teams start out hot teams that everybody hates and says they're going to be bad. They come out with, with uh big ambition. I mean, shout out to Lori Markkinen for not having his career highlight be being mentioned in uh block party by Sada baby. Good for you. But we knew <laughs> that that wasn't sustainable. We knew he was not about to be in the MVP conversation in real life. And the jazz would come back down to earth as well as multiple other young teams that were hot to start off the season. But you know, I, I I'm not deeply surprised by any of these teams getting it turned around. Yeah. So that's yeah. just my my take there. But now we've got to talk about a guy who did turn around and tell them boys at Jackson, I'm leaving. It's been real. It's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. I'm out. Fellas, Deion Sanders asked who ain't swag, baby, if he ain't swag. He meant somewhere around Colorado. That's what swag meant. He, <laughs> who ain't somewhere around Colorado if he ain't? Because he is now in Boulder, Colorado, as a a buff now fellas do what do you think on this uh Dion situation what are your initial thoughts um my my initial thoughts is i i think i think Dion did what he was supposed to do we know it's going to be a very long time if ever if we ever see a, a HBCU be a a powerhouse in college football or or any collegiate sport for that matter but i've been a fan of college sports for my entire life and i've never seen that amount of attention or that level of talent go to a collegiate program ever and i really think that it was one of those positions where you start out hot you do what you're supposed to do and when the money comes to you I'm never going to be mad at, at somebody getting paid. And we know that Colorado, uh, regardless of the, the fish plate accusations, uh, I, I would never be upset at seeing somebody go to a place where they could find more success or find some more money. And then I think that um, what he was able to provide for the collegiate scene at HBCUs was more than enough. And hopefully people will continue to carry on that. Um, I don't want to say tradition, but be able to carry you on that that momentum. That's that's fair. That's definitely fair. I, I get where you're going there, Chris. What are you thinking, man? What do you th- actually? You know what? Let me let me hop in here. Let me hop in here. Now, I I just want to say this because I think that too often people get stuck in the thought of everything in life has to be binary, good, bad, and and you know all that yeah. good stuff. Honestly and truly, Uh, and you know what, Mayor Mayor had a very cogent point there. So I'm going to read what Mayor said here. I think Power Five conferences didn't want to take a chance on Dion until he cut his teeth in a different league. No one knew what type of coach he would be. He proved his medal at JSU at a Power Five, jumped at the opportunity, and prom reciprocated. Now, let me let me get into it from this angle. Okay. And I, I think that's those are very good points from, from uh, the mayor there. Let me say this. I don't know why people are acting like it has to be all good or all bad. It can be both. People are talking about what he did for Jackson. He should that they should thank him, and he put his own money into the program. And you know he, he did. You know the, there would never have been all this coverage, all that, and and you know he did everything he could. Now it's time for them to pick up and carry on, and he left the blueprint. I do agree. The amount of winning that he did there, fantastic. In the entire last two seasons, they lost one game. If they finish undefeated, if they win the Celebration Bowl, they've lost one game over the course of two seasons. That's impressive. That's impressive. That's nothing to scoff at. Good for them. With that being said, 
that doesn't mean that you're beyond reproach for coming in and selling the dream of, well, why can't HBCUs have a nice thing? Why can't HBCUs do this? And then leaving after three years, two, three years. And then on top of that, let me say this. And this is the biggest part for me. The idea that he left a blueprint. Are y'all well? Are you okay in the head? <laughs> Deion Sanders is not. People look at like great football players and sometimes like 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 to lump Deion in that category. You're wrong. Deion is beyond that. He's beyond great football player. He's great athlete, number one. First ever player to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl and hit a home run in the World Series. For, I believe he's the only one. I believe he's the only one ever. Am I? Yeah, the only. only one ever. Okay. First thing. First thing. And then let's go a little further beyond that. On top of that, not only is he one of the greatest athletes of all time, this man is one of the greatest personalities of all time. Every Everything that Dion does is prime time, is larger than life, is seen and loved and revered. Barry Sanders is one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. Did he have his own uh, reality show on Lifetime? No, did, no, did, but Dion Dion did. culture, culture of football. But but Dion did, Dion did. You know, did did when we look at all the things that Dion did, you look at Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice was a great player. He was a great. There is no argument for anybody in terms of who's the best receiver of all time. There's not even a question. It's Jerry Rice and then everybody else by a mile, right? Yeah. Who who does what's Jerry Rice's dance that everybody does in the end zone? Anybody know? Okay. <laughs> Jerry know Shuffle. The, but but we know the primetime high step into the end zone. We know that. We know that. We know when we see the we know exactly what's going on when we see that on the field. We know. Deion Sanders and what he laid out is not replicable. It's not. Look at Eddie George at Tennessee State. And this is no disrespect to Eddie George. Great running back. Titans legend. NFL legend. What Prime Tom did is because he is him. He's him. When he's on the TV, you want to look. You want to watch. You want to see. He can get the number one recruit in the nation in Travis Hunter. Who else is going to do that? Mo Williams, yeah. an NBA, I wouldn't say great, an NBA very good. It was down at Alabama State. What number one player he get? Who? When? Where? Ain't happening. What Dion did is what Dion did. That's not a blueprint. It's not replicable. It's like saying that LeBron left a blueprint for Cleveland. Hey, all you got to do is get one of the best players of all time. Make sure that that best player of all time is also a great passer and surround him with shooters. I've given you the blueprint. Yeah, sure, LeBron. Sure. Yeah. You laid it right out for us, man. How did every team in the NBA not think of that? That's that's the reality of what we're looking at here. So, yes, we can acknowledge Dion did what's best for himself. And that's not a bad thing because every college coach does that. But the bad thing is the the talk that there was about, hey, why don't these players come to HBCUs? Why don't black players go to HBCUs and all that good stuff? When in reality, it's the same reason that you left for, for Colorado. Better facilities, better money, better pizza, better. No, but seriously, it's, it's better, better thing <laughs> when you go to uh, uh, in a, a PW, particularly a power five PWI. So I don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand where this where this take of everything has to be good or everything has to be bad comes from. It's there's a full gamut of things going on here. Go ahead, Chris. 
I mean, Gibbs, that's a hard act to follow. You, you spoke a lot of facts right there. What I will add to that, though, is basically Deion Sanders. So people, I've I seen a lot of people on social media mad. He took money over what his impact could have been for HBCUs, right? Do people realize that Deion Sanders was in the NFL and had like a, a great career and he was must watch TV? Do people realize that? Deion ain't hurting for no money, especially not no $5 million. Mm. Dion could care less about the money. You know, it's a certain time in, your, in everybody's professional career is you got to make choices. Do you want to set yourself up for success or do you want to set yourself up to struggle? Right. Yeah. You can have a great career and doing something you love to do, but struggle while you're doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you can do good at your job and go to a more ideal situation that prepares you for the future to have less stress in your life. Right. And that's what Dion did. He chose to go a route that he can sustain long term. The amount of work that he would have to do to keep up that attitude at an HBCU. And it's unfortunate. You know, I love HBCUs. I didn't go to HBU personally, but I love the culture. I love everything they stand for and I support HBCUs. But let's be honest. That's like saying Cass Tech going to get a baseball field and it's going to be a state-of-the-art baseball facility. No, I transferred from Cass Tech because I was more of interested in playing baseball at the next level. And I knew that playing nine games in a public school league where there was only three good teams was not the answer. Three being generous. I went to Farmington. I went to Farmington High School where they had two baseball fields on the on the campus, you know, two. And they had a travel team for all the baseball players to play after the season, a farm system. They had kids starting in sixth grade playing in the, the 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 farm league in the travel system, and they was feeding them into the high school. That's an ideal situation. Again, Chris, you ain't cast that. You know what I mean? You ain't you ain't cast that for real. You're a farmer's <laughs> guy. You know what I mean? You're a farmer's guy. That's who I you mean, are. I, that, that's Farming fine. Town? Whatever y'all want to say. Y'all know me from cast. So I mean, <laughs> and I. That's who you, what, what was farmer's team name? What was it? The, 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 it's the Falcons. They was the Falcons. The, he, he's a Falcon. He's not a technician. This guy's a Falcon. Hey, hey that, that's that's perfectly fine. I didn't graduate from cast. I, I mean, I ain't crying over it. It is what it is. But what I'm saying, I'm just say that to say is. Sometimes you got to make a tough decision that sets you up for success for what you sure. want to do. And, sure. and and that's pretty much what you have to do as a especially as a black male in leadership. You have to set yourself up for success cuz your lease is shorter than any other lease that is out there. Your lease Absolutely. is shorter than any other competitor out there. If he had a bad season, people would be screaming at the top of their lungs fire him. Look at Hardball for example, right? Perfect situation he was placed into in Michigan. The yeah. one of the state-of-the-art football facilities. They take no matter win or lose, they take a trip to Rome and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Wherever they want to go. As long as they remain competitive, you're not gonna hear nothing. People wanted to fire John Harbaugh. Now they're loving him because he got all the top recruits and they undefeated and they number two in the nation right now. They beat Ohio State twice in a row. <laughs> exactly. You know, Michigan fans ain't used to that. That's that's just the reality. They, they, you know, they they not used to that. But because he was in an ideal situation, eventually he was going to succeed. 
And that's 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 kind of what Dion doing. He knocking at the door. If he does well at Colorado, I'm sure he's going to take another opportunity somewhere else where he's more in an ideal, even better situation where he's getting top recruits on a regular basis, you know. And nobody expects him to go and be a world changer. Like Colorado probably not going to be in the college football playoffs the first year he there. Probably not the second or the third or the fourth year he there if he stays that long. But what you do know is he's setting himself up with better resources to be successful. I, I just I just want to again I just want to fully put this I am not mad at Dion for taking this job again 300k to five million that's crazy that's not ten times what you were making that's like what 13 14 that's yeah. again that's a decision that any of us would make every day of the week but that's not the part that people are upset about that's not the part and to pretend like that is the part that people are upset about it's disingenuous. It's, it's disingenuous and dishonest. That that to me is just crazy. You can understand, hey, Dion did what's best for himself. But again, when you self-aggrandize and, and talk about uh, being at an HBCU for altruistic reasons, you got to understand people are going to get mad when that altruism is gone. You have to understand that. You have To me, it's, it's crazy to look at folks and say, why are, why are y'all mad that he's moving up in the world? And I, I can't remember what philosopher it was, but they said the only way to avoid criticism is to do nothing, be nothing, and say nothing. So we all know everything that you do, somebody going to say something about it, point blank, period. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure Dion got thick skin. And by the way, uh, Mayor said, you ain't cast. He said, who ain't cast if, <laughs> if Gibbs and Josh ain't cast? It's not Chris. That, that's what the mayor said, not me. I'm just reading the comments. Uh, mayor, you're yeah. a commander's fan. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. What happened to Virgil? <laughs> so uh, with with that being said, I think we can put the, the Dion chapter. Oh, wait, wait. One more thing about the Dion chapter. Then I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop after this. Yeah. Colorado doesn't have his money yet. That's crazy. <laughs> they selling fried buffalo plates up there with hot chocolate. Them white folks' stomachs <laughs> is tore up. Their stomachs are tore well, up. Messing around. You said they serving Alicia Keys play. They serving the most deaf special. <laughs> <laughs> they serve buffalo burgers with a, with a like hot they, they make you dip your wings in on Fear Factor or something. You know? <laughs> Listen, all I know, all I know, all I know is Colorado, according to multiple reports, is planning on fundraising for his money. They finna drop the GoFundMe. They finna, they finna take a, uh, 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 what's that? The class talk about this is how you use full term life insurance to pay off everything you want right now. <laughs> they finna get in one of those classes, messing around, trying to get Dion his money. And to me, that's the worst part about all this. Cause like even, even worse than Dion saying, like, you know, I'm gonna be, uh, we can, why not HBCUs? Why not do it here? Why can't we come home? Worse than all that is the fact that you went to a PWI that don't even got their bread right. That's crazy. That's crazy. If you going, if you gonna do jump ship, jump ship to somewhere where when they say, "Hey, you you good with us?" The check clears immediately. Because if they tried to pay him right now, that check would get bounced like Josh Norman trying to tackle uh, Derrick Henry at one time, and we all remember he got dribbled off the ground as a grown man. So, uh, you know, that's just a very very unfortunate part about this saga. And now we move on to the NFL and we talked about him earlier a little bit. Baker Mayfield uh, waved by the Panthers. He's been picked up by the Rams. Fellas, have we ever seen a number one pick in the NFL take this hard and fast of a fall? 
Uh, I don't. I didn't think he'd been in the league five years, have you? Uh, I think he's at five. No. I think he's exactly at five, maybe. Let's see. How many years? Oh, the Pistons just beat the Heat. Oh, my God. I told you that the Heat are. boys not looking well. The Heat are surprisingly bad this year. Yeah. They're they're the only ones that I'm like, oh, okay, that's like a, a deep surprise. But anywho, uh, Baker Mayfield is on his No, wire. no, to, no, no, I was just wow. to address the comments real quick. Uh, off the rails, definitely not Jerry Goff. I mean, I think Jerry Goff is a pretty bad quarterback, but he's had some success in, in the league. He's been a starter since the day he got drafted. He went to the he, Super Bowl. Yeah, haven't been bounced around teams, and he's the quarterback of a pretty all right team. This right is now. this is Baker Mayfield's fifth year exactly. Fifth year exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to say, yeah, he hasn't even finished four or five years yet. That's usually at the time where you decide if a quarterback is going to take the leap or they not going to right. take the leap. They fifth year at the helm. You know, think about all the great quarterbacks. Tom Brady – it was like his third year where he kind of got the 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 the, the pre-starter for the car. Then in year four, they was like, all right, you're gonna give you the keys to the car, but drive slow. And then year five, it was kind of like, okay, you know, you, you can go get that Maybach, you know. I mean, I think that if we gotta I think we gotta go back over 20 years to see uh I'm thinking maybe maybe Tim Couch is the last <laughs> number one pick we saw that's that's been this dookie this fast. But he wasn't no he wasn't no six teams. Like Baker Mayfield true. probably yeah, end up on true. six teams by the end of this year seven. What what pick was uh, Ty, uh Johnny Manziel? What pick was he? He was two. He was number two. He pick was out. two. Oh, okay. So yeah, we have yeah yeah. I, he was the one that came to mind for me where I'm like, mm, he might have fell faster. Hard, yeah, but but, but but Johnny didn't really fall hard. Jo- Johnny got hooked on drugs. That, that's like two different scenarios to me. Like his like Baker is doing. You know, showing up and just sucking. You know, I'm I'm gonna say this, and I'm a, I'm gonna let y'all in on my personal life a little bit, uh, fans. I always used to say when people was like, "Yeah, my dad was on drugs" or something like that. I'd be like, "Man, I wish my pops was on drugs, man," because that way I could be like, "Oh, he loved us. He just couldn't get the monkey off his back." Bro was sober as hell and looked at us and was <laughs> like, "Y'all are not passing the vibe check. I do not want nothing to do with y'all, bro. That is crazy. It's always worse." When somebody is doing something sober than when they're doing it high. Always works if they're doing a bad thing. But I digress. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, but I'm saying, at least Manziel, you know, his reason makes sense. You know, his focus wasn't there. You know, he made a lot of money and he just, you know, he wanted to, he, he couldn't let go of his bad habits. Yeah. Baker, literally, he, and to be honest with you, he ain't really even been hurt like that. He just been bad. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this as a, as a guy that as a guy that used to catch two buses to go to Castec every day, you were always here on both buses. When you got your equipment in your hand, oh man, I should have been bad, dude. I was a bad dude. I used to be out there shaking them up, but you know, I just I, I couldn't I couldn't get the monkey off my back. I couldn't stop, you know. And it's like, well, yeah, I get it. But like like you said, you just bad. Just showing up and not not showing up. As that's that's a tough time for Baker. So let me ask y'all this: Do y'all think? Do y'all think that he has, or how much longer do you think he has in the league? Um, I honestly think he got one season after this one. I think he goes over to Los Angeles. He stinks it up. Um, and I think one team next year takes a chance on him. A team that desperately needs a quarterback. I'm thinking, uh, well, like a Carolina or something like that. And well, he just got cut from Carolina, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, not, not Carolina. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not thinking. I'm thinking Atlanta. Um, we can go to like Atlanta or something like that. Um, well, Mariota look better than him right now. 
Mariota looking kind of bad too, man. They both bad. Man. Hey, it's like the it's like the picture of a girl who's like me versus what he cheated on with, and somebody's like, "Y'all having a mid off right now, <laughs> <Yeah>, right?" <laughs> Him and Mariota gonna have that mid off, boy. That you hate to see that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I think he can have one more season to where he he stinks it up, or he has like a, a couple of starts throughout that season, but after that. I think either he's out of the league or he that one guy that's third string. You pull a mat and you're 58 overall. And you put, I remember Baker Mayfield. And then he just yeah. floating around the league collecting a couple checks. Hey, hey, Cam Newton won an MVP. Cam Newton does right, not belong right. in this conversation. <laughs> he does not, with all due respect, my brother in Christ, he does not belong in in this uh, conversation. He, he can't be. Yeah. Um, but now, before we get out of here, let's talk about the Lions. Motor City, Dan Campbell, has got the guys, the kneecap biters, in position to make a playoff run. Or, or not a playoff run, but to get in Potentially. the playoffs. Potentially getting in the playoffs, fellas. It, what do y'all think? Do, do y'all think that this team has a chance to get in uh, via the wild card? Because right now, they're 5-7. and seven, And the so that means that they're two games back of the teams who are firmly in, quote-unquote, firmly, which would mean it's what, six teams to make the playoffs, seven teams to make the playoffs now, right? Uh, yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're, so they're two games behind the Commanders who are 7-5-1. and one. So five and seven, they're, Commanders 7-5-1, they're two games out. Fellas, what what do y'all think about the Lions and how they've been this season? What are you thinking? Um, I'm, I'm impressed by the Lions. I'm I'm impressed by the play of uh Jerick. I, I think at this point that they're really playing to their strengths. I think that front line on defense that we were expecting a little bit a little bit more of out of the start of the season is starting to live up to expectations. The secondary still need a lot of work, but they are relatively healthy than what they were when they started the season. Um, so I, I honestly I got to give it credit out of all of the years where as a Lions fan, some of us said this our year and, and it wasn't. But as far as a complete depth chart all the way through, I think the, the the front office and the coaching staff with the Lions might be doing something right. And this might be the most talented team throughout that I've seen as a Lions fan since I've been watching football for, for 20-ish years. And they might know what they're doing because I don't think anybody first saw the Rams having three wins at this point in the season. Man, I'll tell you what, that pick is looking, <laughs> that pick looking thick, that pick looking juicy. That pick, um, ooh, wee. But ooh, with wee. the way that they're playing right now, if they keep sticking to this game plan and, and having that um having that offense where they're playing at Jared Goff's strengths and being able to slice through that offensive line of the other team like we've been doing, looking at the rest of our schedule, I can see the I can see the Lions finishing. The rest of the season, one and four. I see us losing this week to Minnesota, and I, I we can beat New York, Carolina, Chicago, and Green Bay four weeks in a row. I'm I'm gonna tell you this. I'm a actually I'm gonna save it until till the end. Chris, what are you thinking? What do you think about the Lions? How they been? We know you a Steelers guy. You don't gotta announce it. You don't gotta tell. I mean, us I mean, I, mean I, I, I support the Lions. You know, I'm from Detroit. I support the Lions. You know, I ain't got no bad blood. I'm a Steelers guy for sure. But I support. I, I want to see the Lions do good. You know. It's good for Detroit when all the teams in Detroit are doing good, you know. Mm-hmm. I ain't a super hater. They just broke my heart when I was a little young buck and they went 0-16 when I told everybody <laughs> they're going to at least win one game. And I was like, 
head and shoulders over the Lions and telling people they're going to win at least one game. They said, boy, is you stupid? But anyway, um, I think what the Lions are doing is the perfect timing. Um, you know, they got that Ram security. So basically, when you saw that the Rams were going to be bad, yeah, you go all in and try to win this season, you know, because that builds the morale. Eventually, at some point, as a good organization, you have to get the winning culture attitude, winning culture mindset, how to win games. And I think that's this is the perfect time knowing that they got that draft security with the Rams being horrible this year. Nobody expected that to be horrible, you know. In addition to, you got a breakout athlete. Uh, Amar St. Brown, like he is what Cooper Cup was last year, almost. He is literally almost what Cooper Cup, like somebody you always can throw the ball to in any situation. Like that has been like the golden knight in this Lions offense. I feel like, like he is somebody that you can throw the line, throw the ball to, no matter what situation it is, no matter what down it is. In addition to that, the power of this offensive line, we seeing that spending the draft capital on that offensive line is paying out. You know, it's it's really really making Jared Goff days a lot easier even me i thought it was crazy for them to trade tj hawkinson but then again it gave them more of a free-flowing uh spread speed offense you know it was actually ingenious trading him and then in addition to that um what what i do know is they almost have to win out to make the playoffs which i think is very very possible but i don't see them beating the vikings They they are not close. To well, that's only because I think Washington going to win at least two more games. So if Washington wins two that's more fair. games. Okay. Then then yeah, I think Washington going to at least win two more games. If they win two more games, the Lions have to almost win out, right? right. Because they got that tie as well, and that's give them half a point. So yeah, Washington going to win two more games. So the Lions will have to win out. I don't think they beat the Vikings just because I think the Vikings got humbled when they played the Cowboys, and I think they realized that they not really them, and they need to get to. To a, a situation where they are them right now, the Lions are actually favored in that game, though. So Vegas knows something we don't know, but the Lions are actually favored in that game. So I say all that to say is I'm happy for the Lions. I think it was perfect timing for the Lions, and I think it is like uh, uh, inspirational for seasons to come. I think Dan Campbell is the guy that they they've been looking for. Um, if you look at Matt Patricia with the Patriots, uh, he's still stinking it up as an offensive coordinator. So um, <laughs> I wish bad things to that man. I don't know why. He just I just wish bad things to that man. I I, I know why I wish bad things. I'm a, I'll tell you right now. That man, all of the players that he got rid of turned into pro bowlers and all pros. Quandre Diggs turned into yeah. a cornerstone of that um of that Seahawks secondary. Darius Slay. Remember when he said Darius Slay wasn't elite? And now everybody's saying he's a top five cornerback in the NFL. I mean, he was was for the Lions, really. He was for the Lions. But you know the difference? You know the difference between the Lions and the Eagles? When he played for the Lions, Patricia had a very simple scheme. Hey, we're going to go man, and y'all are going to cover your guy all game long, and you're going to stick with him like white on rice, and you'll be all right with that. I don't care what's going on. That's what you're going to do. As opposed to the Eagles who say, we're going to throw some different things at a quarterback. We're going to make you get confused a little bit. And don't <laughs> right. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Darius Slay has been excellent in man coverage. Look what he did against Justin Jefferson. But I'm just saying, it's interesting to see when all of a sudden you put somebody in the real scheme, what they can do. I'm going to tell you this. The Lions are surprising me. I thought I thought yeah. that this team was a seven-win team tops 
And not only did I think they were a seven-win team tops, but I thought that the way that they're winning now was not feasible and that they are lighting it up through the air. Jamal Williams is leading the league in rushing touchdowns. What? I mean, that, that is how explosive the Lions offense is, is surprising me a lot. But the way that they play their offensive scheme is not surprising me that that if you told me he was leading in yards, that would surprise me. But in, in touchdowns, I don't I don't think that's too, too surprising with that two man game they've been running. That well, it's a shock to me. I'm gonna just tell you straight up and down. I am I am confuzzled. I am confusion. <laughs> uh, this is this is they acting totally unruly. And and the last thing I knew this team was gonna play hard because last year they played hard. They were getting the wheels whipped off them playing hard. They were trying. They were giving everything they got. I thought that they were one or two years away from being a team that can not only keep games competitive because I knew they keep in the NFL. This is one thing that always surprises me. When I watch NFL games, especially late in the season, when like it's like, oh yeah, the playoffs are teams are eliminated, or they, you know, like yes, we haven't technically been eliminated, but we one or two games away from doing something. Yeah. Players don't play very hard in NFL sometimes. Like you can you can feel it. Like oh, right. that is just a complete and utter lack of intensity. Dan Campbell keeps them playing hard. I knew that they would be close in a lot of games. I did not know that they had what it took to get over the hump and win. A good amount of those games. I mean, they're they're four and one in their last five, right? Aside from the loss on Thanksgiving to a Bills team that many people thought was the best in the league. I mean, that's that's a surprise right there. So this is again, this is a, a, a Lions team that I am I am very surprised. I'm very surprised. There's nothing short. I have no words. I knew that the secondary was gonna be bad, but I didn't think the D-line would be good enough to make You're up right. for it this early. I didn't know if Aiden Hutchinson was going to be this good this early. And and this defensive line, Pascal as well, this good this early. Aleem McNeil taking a huge step in year two. Shout out to yeah. NC State guy, you know what I mean? Hey, we, we I, if you, if you just ball. look at the, the way he played in college and his explosive, I, I didn't think that a, that Hutch was ready to be, to be that strong against NFL offensive linemen. Yeah, and yet he is. So I, I think that this is what a time. What a time. And the lines are trending upward. I don't care what nobody says. They're trending upward. They're trending in the right direction. This is what you love to see. But anywho, I know y'all tired of us talking about the Lions and talking about who ain't swack and, and talking about all things um, NBA. But come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah, no.